On October 26, 1967, Martin Luther King Jr. stopped at Barrett Junior High School in Philadelphia and delivered a speech called, What is Your Life's Blueprint? And help welcome our honored, distinguished guest, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Principal Fornese, Mr. Williams, members of the faculty and members of the student body of Barrett Junior High School, ladies and gentlemen. I need not pause to say how very delighted I am to be here today and to have the opportunity of taking a brief break in a pretty busy schedule in the city of Philadelphia uh, to share with you the students of Barrett Junior High School. Dr. King began by sharing what he called a little commercial with the students. It seems there was a special event that was taking place that night in the newly built Spectrum Arena there in Philly. It was a fundraiser for the civil rights movement. I really wish I could have been there because he said that it was going to feature Harry Belafonte Jr., Aretha Franklin, Sidney Poitier, and more. He invited the young students to come out and support the event. Then he promised, with a, maybe a little bit of a twinkle in his eye, to keep his remarks very brief because he had many other engagements to attend to on this particular day. Dr. King explained, I don't have a tradition of being brief all the time. You know, I'm a Baptist preacher and we can talk a long time, but I'm going to be really brief today. The speech was 20 minutes long, by the way. In the spirit of brevity, he got right into it. I want to ask you a question, he said, and that question is, what is in your life's blueprint? King reminded these young teenagers that they were at a formative time in their lives, a crucial moment in their development. He said, whenever a building is constructed, you usually have an architect who draws a blueprint. And that blueprint serves as a pattern, as the guide, as the model for those who are building the building. And a building is not well erected without a good, sound, and solid blueprint. Now, each of you is in the process of building the structure of your lives. And the question is whether you have a proper, a solid, and a sound blueprint. And I want to suggest some of the things that should be in your life's blueprint. First, he told the students, number one in your life's blueprint should be a deep belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodyness. Don't allow anybody to make you feel that you are nobody. Always feel that you have worth and always feel that your life has ultimate significance. Second, he named, in your life's blueprint, you must have the basic principle 
the determination to achieve excellence in your various fields of endeavor. This particular section of the speech delights me because it reminds me of something that my Sunday school teachers when I was a teenager taught us. Miss Emily and Mr. Don always said to us, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Take that algebra test for the glory of God. Take out the garbage for the glory of God. Dr. King maybe said it a little more eloquently. He said, set out to do a good job. If it falls to your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Leontine Price sings before the Metropolitan Opera. And sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. These two pieces of advice are solid reminders for anyone, not just young teens living in Philadelphia in the 1960s. Know your worth, he says. Strive for excellence in all you do. Now, like any good public speaker, Dr. King waited until he had established report with the audience before he got into the real nitty gritty. As the students applauded his recitation of a poem, he rounded the corner to third. Finally, he said, pausing for the applause to run its course. Finally, and at this point, you could seriously hear a pin drop in this auditorium full of teenagers. Finally, in your life's blueprint must be a commitment to the eternal principles of beauty, love, and justice. And then while he still has them in the palm of his hand, he says, don't allow anybody to pull you so low as to make you hate them. Don't allow anybody to cause you to lose your self-respect to the point that you do not struggle for justice. However young you are, you have a responsibility to seek to make your nation a better nation in which to live. You have a responsibility to seek to make life better for everybody. And so you must be involved in the struggle for freedom and justice. And here, when he says this, I hear an echo of the words of Jesus, who gave his own brief remarks all those centuries ago on a mountain on the other side of the world. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and it's trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, Jesus reminded them. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after they light a lamp, puts it underneath a bushel basket. They put it on a lampstand where it can give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Jesus said, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others, always. And don't lose your saltiness, the essence of who God created you to be. Dr. King went on to counsel the teenagers about the necessity for using nonviolent methods when they sought liberation for all people. And this is where I want you all, including those of you who were teenagers a long, long time ago, and those of you who are not teenagers yet, I want you to lean in close because the struggle for freedom is not yet over. The arc of the universe is bending towards justice, but it hasn't come all the way around yet. And we still need Dr. King's advice today as much as those teenagers did 60 years ago. 
This man, who was so intent on following the ways of Jesus that he took seriously his command to love your neighbor as yourself and to even love your enemies. This man, who seldom spent a night at home with his wife and children, and when he did, once awoke to a bomb exploding under his front porch. This man, who was arrested 29 times as he let his own light shine, stayed true to his God-given saltiness. This man, who suffered indignities far beyond what any of us here have seen, and consequently was often frustrated, outraged at the dirty tricks and outright deceit of his political enemies. This man, who was murdered just six months after talking to these teenagers when he was not yet 40 years old. This man still speaks to us from beyond the veil, reminding us that the way forward is never through violent deeds or even violent words. The way forward is always and only through strategic, faithful, impassioned, nonviolent words and action. Dr. King told us that he had decided to stick with love because hate is too great a burden to bear, but don't ever believe for a moment that his love was simple or anemic. Dr. King loved like Jesus loved. He loved by speaking difficult truths to power, by loving harder and louder and more ferociously because he truly trusted that held in the circle of God's fierce love, he could do all things. King, as he neared the end of his speech, told the teenagers, our slogan must not be burn, baby, burn. It must be build, baby, build. Organize, baby, organize. And then he closed with a poem of hope, a poem that reminds us of the wisdom that is shared across generations, a poem that speaks to the strength and the will to go on striving, climbing, and working for justice. And so I will close as King did by sharing this poem. This is a recording of Mother to Son written by Langston Hughes and read by Viola Davis. Well, son, I'll tell you. Life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It's had tacks in it and splinters and boards torn up and places with no carpet on the floor. Bear. But all the time I've been a climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light so boy don't you turn back don't you sit down on the steps cause you find it's kinda hard don't you fall now 
Fires are still going, honey. Eyes are still climbing. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair. We continue to live and to minister and to work following in the ways of the one who reminded us to never lose our saltiness and to never hide our light under a bushel. Thanks be to God.